Mic check, mic check, mic check one, two. You might get check when the mic checks on you. Welcome to the first installment of Quick Takes. These are the topics that can't be covered in SOC due to not being as important as the other topics that I say or not really fitting in with the criteria of stream of consciousness or just because I don't really have a lot of recording time during the week. So I just like to take a little bit of time out during this beautiful Sunday. You know, the skies are looking great. Uh, a lot of clouds, but it's not raining. So, hey. Okay, and first order of business. The Democratic Party suppressing Kamala Harris's take on incarcerations is very, very alarming. This wasn't a topic that I stumbled across. It was something that I've heard in passing. And one day I just did a little... And one day I just decided to do some um, research and this article about California being 200 percent over capacity in the prison system. And the Supreme Court that doesn't normally let out that doesn't normally let out um, felons were saying that the, the prison system was so overcrowded that. There were a lot of unnecessary deaths due to lack of staff because the prisons are overpopulated. And there was one instance where there were 52 people using one toilet in a prison. 52 people were using one toilet. And Kamala Harris, the attorney general at the time, was supposed to give either weekly or monthly reports saying that they're in compliance with letting go of some of these criminals that the Supreme Court has deemed not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not a threat to society at all. And the crimes that they committed were nonviolent. So letting them go wouldn't be that big of a deal because Getting the number of prisoners in the prison system in California is most important at the time due to unnecessary deaths um, and things like that. And Kamala Harris, for two or three years, openly disobeyed that rule. And it got so bad that her team was almost held in contempt of court because... They made no visible progress in lowering the prison population. But the Supreme Court said that holding you in contempt would slow down the process of getting these criminals released. So we're going to let you wild out, but you have to you have to follow this program that we came up with and we're going to extend your deadline and. If you're not in compliance, then then some serious consequences will happen. So for three years, Kamala Harris was just fighting a Supreme Court ruling for visibly no reason. And the reasons that she did come up with weren't really they weren't really credible. And I remember this one CNN Q&A where somebody brought this up to brought this topic up. And she said that her, her track record was always congruent with what she was doing 
even though for 2010 to 2013, she was openly rebelling against the Supreme Court ruling. And President Biden, I don't believe he's going to run for a second term because I've seen what the presidency has done to some of the younger candidates like Barack Obama, um, George Bush and whoever else for two terms. And they went in with nice with nice little colors, with a nice little black hair, with nice black hair. And they come out and it's mostly gray. And I can't really see I can't really see Biden surviving a second term. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens next election. And hopefully Kamala Harris isn't president. All right. And I'm probably going to cut that one out. I didn't really like that one. But, you know, try it. If it don't work, cut it out. You know, um, you know, I used to feel bad for Wendy Williams when 50 Cent was trolling her and she had that um accident on live TV where she just passed out. And then I came across a clip recently where I came across a clip where she had this segment called Hot Topics and she brought up a topic about a TikTok star. And she asked the audience, does anybody know who Swavy is? And maybe one or two people knew out of the whole entire audience. And then her hype man was hyping it up like, yeah, nobody knows him. He's just a TikTok star. And she was bragging about how she had more Instagram followers than this young man. And while she was disrespecting this man, she knew what was coming next. Because after she got done saying that he's a nobody, she announced that he was dead. And then there was a whole lot of nastiness to where she was saying that this dude was trying to get the person that killed him killed. And how that guy was a drug dealer and whatnot. And then... She's just standing there stone faced, not even worried about it. And the audience is looking confused like, I thought this is a hot topic. What the fuck is going on? And she literally just deadpanned that whole entire segment of this tick star with 2.5 million followers is dead. And then that was it. And then she had one little slick comment about, oh, man, wonder what those 2.5 million followers are going to do like. This young man lost his life and you're out here just disrespecting him on a topic that you didn't even have to bring up. You literally just brought this up just to shit on a young man that died. Like this is up there with that time um, Drew Carey's wife died and she was fumbling her sentences so bad. And she literally just forced a come on down joke because his wife fell down the stairs and died. I don't know how she never got a character definition lawsuit. That is some horrible, horrible stuff. Um, I'm not praying on her downfall. I just pray that she learns to get sympathy or whatnot. And as you can see, this when this would never be in the SOC podcast episode. But it was just something that I wanted to get my two cents on that you shouldn't disrespect the dead even if you don't like the person that died. I remember this one time when I was 14 to 15, I met this one dude that I really hated. I couldn't stand his guts. And then when I was 18, he unfortunately lost his life in a car accident. And I wouldn't 
I wouldn't even do a fraction of what Wendy Williams did to somebody that she didn't know because life was lost. So hopefully she gets some sympathy. Hopefully she heals through whatever's going on in her life. And, you know, just show some compassion for people. <laughs> this one's good. This one's good. So I'm on TikTok, right? And I'm I run across this young lady in her for you page. And she was talking about how much she hated men to where she did math in her head to calculate when men were gonna die in four point six million years. And then <laughs> and she was talking about um how men are XY chromosomes and how women are XX chromosomes and how the Y chromosome is slowly dying off. And she brought up, she brought up, she brought up concerns that women would have about, oh no, if we don't have men, how will we reproduce? And in her brain, she came up with, it's okay because women have sperm in their bone, have sperm in their bone marrow. So we'll be able to reproduce and it'll only be women. So five million years from now. Generations upon generations upon generations long after, <laughs> long after <laughs> me, you or any women that hate men die, they're going to be extinct. So this is cause for celebration. And I say all this to say, don't spend your time hating, <laughs> um, hating circumstances that you can't control because <laughs> you're not going to be alive 4.6 million years from now. Like what is what is going on? If you hate men, you can build a community of women in in some area of the U.S. I'm pretty sure there's cheap real estate in states like Montana or whatever. Like, you can do that. You don't have to actively hate men. So, if you're going through something, just admit that you're going through something. Go through the healing process because that's the same logic that Hitler used. That's the same logic that the colonizers used to where they have unjust hatred towards a group of people and they aim to commit genocide. But yeah, hopefully the young lady can heal and fix whatever's going on in her situation and hopefully stop looking 4.6 million years in the future. All right, and in other news, Tory Lanez is the new king of R&B, goddammit. When Silk Sonic came out with their album, I was like, man, this is a great throwback album. And then Tory Lanez was like, hold my perm. <laughs> and he drops Alone at Prom, and that was the 80s sound just personified and done so well that... <laughs> It it very well maybe you want to get Stan Bush it maybe you want to get like three Stan Bush albums and just vibe out for vibe out for hours at a time. And there's not really a lot of male R and B acts that's really getting to it now. And Tory Lanez, because of that unfortunate situation, he's he's halfway blackballed in the industry to where he's not going to get um radio looks or things like that, but the level of artistry that he pervades, that he portrays, is just on another level. Ever since that 
unfortunate incident, this dude has been dropping heat upon heat upon heat. And after this situation, after that situation clears, I think it's going to be clear cut that Tory Lanez is the king of R&B. Not of all time because R. Kelly, R. Kelly holds that title. But for the moment, it's pretty much Tory Lanez and then a huge gap. And then whoever you want to put there, Lucky Day or Brent Fayez or whoever, like they can't hold a candle to Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez is the king of R&B right now. Oh, yeah. And in other news, I was listening to this Rick Ross this Rick Ross audiobook, um, A Perfect Day to Boss Your Life Up. And it's a really good audiobook about holding yourself accountable and how you can hustle day in and day out to get to the level that you want to go to. But ignore that for a second because this tangent is hilarious. Why do people keep saying Michael Jordan had the flu? Michael Jordan did not have the goddamn flu. Michael Jordan was hungover. And we refuse to acknowledge that. Like, why? <laughs> I remember in NBA 2K13 when they was bringing up, um, not bringing up, but when they was, where they had this game mode of Michael Jordan's most legendary games and you could perform, you could perform as Michael Jackson. Michael. <laughs> you could perform as Michael Jordan and try to, achieve the same amount of points, rebounds, assists, et cetera, et cetera, as he did in those legendary games. And that flu game, <laughs> and that flu game was right up there in 2013. And in years since, there's been multiple people that came out and said, yo, Michael Jordan did not have the flu. He was just dehydrated because he drunk too much the night before. Like, just let it go. Michael Jordan had way more amazing games. He just didn't have the flu when he said he had the flu. And to wrap this up, the last the last topic. I like this series. It's very it's very laid back and very hit or miss to where if I don't like like the Kamala Harris thing, I'm probably not gonna put that out. To where I can just freestyle on some topics that I normally wouldn't freestyle on. This is a pretty not eye-opening, just a refreshing take on podcasting in general. And I say all of that to say now that we're on the topic of Rick Ross's book, I would like to thank Ross for basically saying, fuck your excuses. Your excuses don't mean shit to anybody but you. And you're wasting your time on things that aren't really that detrimental to yourself because everybody comes from a certain area and not everybody has the same amount of cards as the person who has greener grass on the other side. And Ross was talking about how the pandemic ruined his Vegas residency, how it ruined some concerts that he had planned and how it was just messing up his business because everybody was getting hit since nothing was open and Ross said he had every excuse in the world to let it beat him and just say hey it's money lost but he took but he took a deep look at himself and he found other avenues to achieve um he talked about renovating his um I forgot what it's called but it was a mansion that Evander Holyfield used to own 
and how he got a tractor, a lawnmower, how he looked at the barns, how he looked at his closet and look for things to donate. And he talked about being locked in studio mode because if he can't make money off of his residency, he can make money off of being a guest verse person. And I say all of this to say that there were plenty of times during this podcasting journey where I didn't feel like doing I didn't feel like doing an episode or I didn't feel like editing clips or I didn't feel like doing things that would be better for me in the long run. And I'd always come up with these excuses. And to me, they were valid. That's one crazy thing about the brain is that. You can really trick yourself into not doing things that are good for you because of just little excuses like, oh, I can't run because my toe hurts or I can't clean my room because I have to do something that doesn't really even matter. It's just giving me instant gratification. And that battle and winning that battle will elevate your life to levels that you've never seen before. Like, I see it now. I would have never guessed in June or July. I really thought that this podcasting thing was over. And when I got back in the lab and started doing what I needed to do, it was very, very eye-opening to where I can hold myself accountable now. So if you need somebody to tell you, If you need somebody to kick you in your ass and tell you to get moving, I'll be that person. Get off your ass. Do something. It doesn't matter what. Fuck your excuses. You know, we're all tired. You know, we're all frustrated. We all have complaints. We all have things in our life that are super uncomfortable for us to address. But you have to address them. Because how are you going to get to the life that you want if you're letting excuses and circumstances hold you down? So thank you, Ross, for that. I will take that gym to the gym. (laughs) I'll take that gym to the gym. And we'll see where we're at um, five years from now or ten years from now. And on that note, actually, I'm going to talk about this one last subject real quick. Should trans people be banned from sports? Um, I fully support being who you want to be on the inside and being true to yourself. But in the sports world, men are biologically superior to women. Like you don't <laughs> you don't have to attack me. You see it across all spectrums, NFL, soccer, um, baseball, volleyball, just any sport. Men are inherently built to perform better than women. And to bring up a scenario, there was this one kicker in the 1960s or 70s that had his foot amputated. And he had to get a special club made for his foot so he could walk around and stuff. And when he got to the NFL, he was breaking records by miles. Um, I believe he still has the longest field goal ever made. And just his level of kicking was so much higher than everybody else's that they had to put a rule in the NFL stating that if you had any type of modifications done on you, you can't play point blank period. So 
they let him keep his records, but he wasn't allowed to kick in the NFL no more because it's too easy for him. And that's my stance. I'm not saying that trans people shouldn't be trans. I'm just saying that there are advantages that you can abuse in sports. And it's the commissioners or the um, association's responsibility to make it a more even playing field for everybody. So be who you want to be, but don't try to take advantage. No, no, that's, that sounds nasty. That sounds nasty. I'm not going to say that. Be who you want to be, but understand that being too OP in something will ultimately bite you in the end because there are going to be outsiders that have to knock you down a notch. You see it in monopolies. You see it in media entertainment. You see it in everywhere, too. There's a level of greatness that you can abuse. I hope I said this right. And on that note, this was the first installment of Quick Takes. And hopefully I get about 10 or 20 more of these in. And we'll see where it goes from here. So may blessings continue to rain down on you and yours and see you next time.